Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 15th of November. With an addition of 41,100 new COVID-19 infections reported in the last 24 hours, India's COVID tally surged past the 88 lakh 8.8 million mark. With under 500 fresh fatalities, the nationwide death toll stood at 1.29 lakh. The countrywide active cases remain below 5 lakh, while over 82 lakh people have recovered from the virus. The country recorded a four-day streak of less than 5 lakh active cases. With a continuing spike in COVID cases in the national capital, Union Home Minister Amit Shah has called an urgent meeting this evening to review the situation. The meeting will be attended by Delhi Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal, Union Health Minister Dr. Harshwardhan, and Delhi Governor Anil Baijal. The increasing strain on Delhi's medical infrastructure owing to the pandemic will also be discussed in the meeting. The Maharashtra government announced yesterday that all religious places in the state can reopen from Monday, November 16th. As part of the standard operating procedures or SOPs, the governing bodies of the religious places will be responsible for crowd management and people above 65, children below 10 and pregnant women have been advised to stay at home. Demanding the reopening of religious places in the state, the opposition BJP had mounted a campaign backed by Governor Bhagat Singh Koshyari. The Governor and Chief Minister Thakre had also exchanged letters on the same. In Telangana, coronavirus cases in the state dropped below the 700 mark for the first time this month, with 661 infections in the last 24 hours. This took the state's tally to 2.57 lakh, over 15,400 of which are active cases. Arunachal Pradesh reported more COVID-19 recoveries than fresh cases in a single day as 102 people recovered from the virus while 34 new infections were recorded. Altogether, 102 people were discharged from hospitals yesterday, taking the total number of recoveries in the state to over 14,400. After a month-long battle with multiple ailments, legendary actor Shomitro Chatterjee died at Kolkata's Bellevue Clinic today at the age of 85. He was diagnosed with COVID-19 last month and had been undergoing treatment at the hospital since 6th October. While he recovered from COVID, his condition did not improve due to several complications. A senior doctor told the print, and I quote, His condition became very critical last night. He slipped into a deep coma and stopped responding to treatment, unquote. Chatterjee's mortal remains will be taken to his residence in South Kolkata's Golf Green and then to his workplace, the Tolly Gunj Technician Studio. The state government said his funeral will take place with full state honours. Calling his death a loss for world cinema, Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee said, and I quote, We lost a legend of world cinema. He was a versatile genius. He also extended his support to all mass movements. We tried our best and we also formed an expert committee to supervise his treatment. He did not succumb to COVID but other age-related and post-COVID complications took a toll on him. Unquote. Two fires broke out in the Newtown area near Kolkata and Purba Bardhaman district in West Bengal. The incidents that took place on the day of Kali Puja and Diwali gutted 50 Shantis in total. While no casualties were reported in the blaze at Goranga Nagar locality in Newtown, three persons were injured in the Purba Bardhaman district incident. The incident in the Newtown area took place at a slum beside a water body. Officials said that prior to the incident, locals had floated diyas in the water body, observing a cracker-free Diwali. 
The plastic and wood portions of some shanties, however, caught fire from the diyas, starting the blaze. The fumes from the high-intensity blaze were visible from the high rises around the area. Earlier in the day, the fire at Kailashpur village in Purba Bhardaman district, which originated from the kitchen of a house, spread to 20 other dwellings. According to officials, three persons suffered burn injuries as they tried to save their belongings from the fire. One of them was admitted to a hospital, while the other two were discharged after first aid. Another incident of fire took place in the national capital on Diwali night. The fire broke out at a wood godown in West Delhi's Mundka area. A Delhi fire service official said today that a man was killed in the incident. Atul Garg, director of Delhi Fire Service, said that a call about the blaze at the godown was received at around 11.05pm and 12 fire tenders were rushed to the spot. He added that the charred body of a man was found inside the godown. The fire was brought under control eventually. Garg told the news agency PTI, adding that what led to the blaze was yet to be ascertained. In another update from the capital, pollution levels in Delhi and its neighbouring areas surged as people flouted the ban on firecrackers. The air quality in the city deteriorated to the severe category today. The average air quality index, or AQI, in Delhi at 8am stood at 468 and the AQI for the PM 2.5 pollutant crossed 800 in most parts of the capital on a night of Diwali. Health experts say short-term exposures to high levels of PM 2.5 pollutant can cause severe health problems including worse coronavirus infections. The National Green Tribunal, or NGT, on Monday had imposed a blanket ban on sale or use of all kinds of firecrackers in the national capital region. The ban was supposed to be from November 9th midnight to November 30th midnight. The tribunal had said, and I quote, the celebration by crackers is for happiness and not to celebrate deaths and diseases, unquote. The Ministry of External Affairs, or MEA, yesterday summoned acting Pakistan High Commissioner to register a strong protest over the heavy shelling by Pakistani forces on multiple sectors along the line of control, or LOC, in Jammu and Kashmir on Friday. Condemning the ceasefire violation that came amid the country's festive season, the MEA said, and I quote, India condemns in the strongest terms the deliberate targeting of innocent civilians by Pakistani forces. It is highly deplorable that Pakistan chose a festive occasion in India to disrupt peace and perpetrate violence in Jammu and Kashmir through coordinated firing along the length of the LOC using heavy caliber weapons, including artillery and mortar on Indian civilians, unquote. Eleven people, including six civilians, four Indian Army officers and a border security force sub-inspector were killed in the Friday ceasefire incident. According to Army sources, Indian forces retaliated to the shelling and round six to seven Pakistan Army soldiers, including two special service group commandos, were killed on the Pakistani side. An Army statement said that Pakistan initiated unprovoked ceasefire violations along the LOC spread across multiple sectors including Dawar, Kheran in Kupwara district, Uri and Naugam. The statement also said that civilian areas had deliberately been targeted. There has been a significant increase in incidents of ceasefire violations by Pakistan this year. PTI reported that according to official data, Pakistan has resorted to over 4,000 incidents of ceasefire violations in the current year as against over 3,200 in 2019. Multiple incidents have taken place in the months of September and October alone. 
In an expected outcome, the National Democratic Alliance, or NDA, announced today that Janata Dal United's Nitish Kumar will be the Chief Minister of Bihar for a fourth straight term. Kumar was unanimously elected as the leader of the NDA Legislature Party at a meeting of its legislators in Patna. According to sources, the oath ceremony is likely to take place tomorrow. The BJP's Tarkishore Prasad will become the Deputy Chief Minister of the state replacing former deputy CM Sushil Kumar Modi. Mr. Modi will be given a post in the union cabinet. The NDA will go to Bihar Governor Fagu Chauhan to stake claim for government formation. The NDA won this year's Bihar Assembly's election with a very thin margin. It bagged 125 of Bihar's 243 assembly seats, which is just three above the halfway mark. The major ally in the alliance, the JDU, delivered its worst performance since the 2005 assembly election in the state. The party slipped from the 71 seats it won in the 2015 election to 43 in the current one. 69-year-old Kumar was facing anti-incumbency after 15 years of governance as the state's CM. The BJP had reiterated before and after the election that Kumar would remain its chief ministerial candidate. However, a section within the party maintained that it should not be seen as a given considering the JDU's performance in this election. Dear listeners, News Laundry reporter Basant Kumar was in Bihar throughout the Assembly election 2020, bringing you ground realities from the state. While political banter continued, he covered the state of social institutions in the state, including education, healthcare, women's safety, employment, agriculture, and caste. This was done as a part of News Laundry's SENA project. The NL SENA is a project where our viewers, listeners and readers can contribute to stories that they want to hear. Also, once you are done listening to this podcast, I urge you to check out our website, newslaundry.com. We are an independent news platform producing round reports, podcasts, interviews, videos, media critiques and much more. We would not be able to do all this work if not for our subscribers who fund it. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right-hand corner of the website. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. Now, let's move on to the international updates. The number of confirmed COVID-19 cases worldwide has risen by 6.5 million within the past 24 hours, taking the total tally to 53.1 million. It marks the largest daily increase since the outbreak of the pandemic. Meanwhile, the death toll worldwide crossed 1.3 million. The Austrian government announced the closure of schools and shops selling non-essential goods just two weeks after a partial lockdown was announced. Chancellor Sebastian Kurz said, and I quote, There are still many who say that infections don't happen at school, in shops or services. But the truth is the authorities can no longer trace 77% of new infections which means they no longer know where contamination is happening. Unquote. Mexico has registered more than 1 million total coronavirus cases and nearly 100,000 test confirmed deaths, though officials agree the number is probably much higher. Health Director General Ricardo Cortez Alcala said the number of confirmed cases had reached 1 million with at least 98,259 deaths from COVID-19. South Korea reported 208 new coronavirus cases as of Saturday midnight, marking the 8th straight day of triple-digit increases. That was slightly higher than the previous day's 205 new infections and the highest since early September. Of the cases, 176 were domestically transmitted and 32 imported. 
nearly 70% of the locally transmitted cases were from Seoul and Gyeonggi province, a densely populated area near the capital. Meanwhile, Greece and Austria have set out plans to tighten lockdown restrictions. Austria is planning to impose a full lockdown from Tuesday. Greece has announced the closure of nurseries and primary schools until the end of November as its death toll surpassed 1,000. Ten people died on Saturday in a fire at a Romanian hospital treating coronavirus patients. The fire occurred in the early evening in the intensive care of the hospital in the town of Piatra Nemt. It was under control an hour later by the emergency services. Hospital spokeswoman Irina Popa said, and I quote, 10 people have been declared dead and 7 people are in critical condition, including a doctor, unquote. The doctor on duty who tried to help the victims suffered second and third degree burns to 80% of his body. The cause of the blaze was unclear and the prosecutor general opened an inquiry into the tragedy. Health Minister Nelu Tataru told Romanian media the fire at the hospital was most likely triggered by a short circuit. Tataru said the Piatia Nemt hospital would continue to run an intensive care unit on a separate floor. The fire was the country's deadliest since 2015 when a nightclub in the capital Bucharest burned down and 65 people died. Two protesters have been killed in massive pro-democracy demonstrations in Peru, the first deaths in nearly a week of unrest over the controversial removal of Martin Vizcarra as president and his replacement by a de facto government seen by many Peruvians as a coup. Protesters have mounted demanding the resignation of Manuel Merino, the former Speaker of Congress who was sworn in as president on Tuesday. Authorities said two men, ages 24 and 25, died from gunshot wounds during the demonstrations. The police detained at least 30 protesters on Saturday amid multiple reports of heavy-handed repression against largely peaceful demonstrators. The health ministry reported that more than 30 people were being treated for injuries. Peru's human rights ombudsman, Walter Guterres, said, and I quote, There was irrational, abusive use of force in Lima. I demand that the President of the Republic shows his face and gives explanations to the country. Unquote. The current Speaker of Congress, Luis Valdez, called a multi-party meeting for Sunday morning to discuss Merino's resignation. As the news of the first death spread, spontaneous spot-banging protests and shouts of Marina out spread throughout neighborhoods in Lima. Earlier Saturday, the embattled leader denied the protests were against him telling a local radio station that young people were demonstrating against unemployment and not being able to complete their studies amid the coronavirus pandemic. Polls show that most Peruvians wanted Vizcarra to stay in office. The ex-president is popular for his anti-corruption crusade, which led to frequent clashes with the legislature, where half of the members are themselves under investigation. The abrupt replacement of the popular president by Merino, a little-known politician with a questionable track record, has caused uproar across the Peruvian capital, sparking some of the largest demonstrations in more than a decade. International rights organizations have warned that police are using excessive force in trying to quell the protests. Dozens have been injured by rubber bullets and tear gas has been deployed near homes and hospitals. Jose Miguel Vivanco, America's director of Human Rights Watch, wrote on Twitter, and I quote, We are documenting cases of police brutality in downtown Lima. Everything indicates repression against peaceful protesters is intensifying. Unquote. Now for some homegrown stuff from Newslaundry.com. This week on NL Hafta, Newslaundry's Abhidandan Sekri, Jayashri Arunachalam and Anand Vardhan are joined by Joanna Slater, the Indian Bureau Chief of the Washington Post. 
The discussion spans Biden versus Trump, Bihar election results, Arnab Goswami's bail, political and religious conditioning, and how to define terrorism, among others. When asked about the US presidential election and Trump's pushback against Biden winning, Joanna says that there is no sign whatsoever of any irregularities large enough to change this result. Here's a snippet from the episode. There does not seem to be, at the moment, a legal route toward the contesting these results. I mean, uh, you know, it, it is possible, in theory, to have a lawsuit that challenges certain ballots. But in order to change the result, that lawsuit would have to involve a number of ballots big enough to change the results. And, and there's been absolutely, not only have uh, Trump's lawyers been unsuccessful with their legal um, strategy so far, but there's no sign whatsoever of any irregularities that would be large enough to change this result. That's all the news I have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.